Hey everybody, this is Joe Swanson, and this is the Joe Swanson Propaganda number five uh, and from time to time uh, this is I'm a tattooer and uh, but from time to time I'm gonna talk to uh, people who are uh, not tattooers um, and that's is what I did in this episode uh, I spoke with my grandfather Herbert Fremer from Minnesota uh, you know, we, we do talk about tattoos, tattoo history, um, his experience with them in the Marine Corps. Um, and, uh, we talk about, uh, his time after World War II, 1947, and, and the culture of America, uh, was different. And, and, you know, I know this podcast gets listened to all over the world. So, um, as you listen to it, I just think how different you guys are at, wherever you guys are at as well. Um, you know, listeners in the Netherlands and United Kingdom, how much is think, how, have things changed from in your country or your city or your place that you It was fun to talk to him. Uh, he's a great guy. I probably have him on more. Um, and uh, so uh, let me know what you think about it. And, you know, with this podcast, I'm trying to. Explaining what uh, this podcast is all about. And, you know, really it's to try to bring back a little bit of that luster that. some tattooers and different people that inspire me and, and um, I believe are doing the right things in the tattoo community um, and telling some funny stories and bullshitting and, and uh, laughing. I think we can bring some positivity to uh, tattooing and, and bring back some of that luster. So hopefully you guys enjoy it and, and you guys uh, are, are liking Um, and if you do like it, uh, a couple ways you can support the podcast. Um, first and foremost, 8 p.m., uh, come out and support. Get tattooed. Um, go check out my portfolio, uh, some, some of my tattoos that I've done. Uh, you can find a lot of that stuff on uh, Instagram. Uh, at uh, a couple of DVDs that I have um, from Kingpin, Rely Aid, Bic Com. I, if you go on Instagram, you can check it out. I did a poster. Uh, this is a gun um, poster, uh, is what I'm titling it. Uh, it. It's kind of a throwback to the old adage that. Uh, this is a tattoo machine. This is a gun. You don't call tattoo machines guns. They're they're something that we use in this uh, craft, and, and they're tools, um, and and they are in fact that machines uh, that we use. So, uh, I I have that poster. be donating to the Amsterdam Tattoo Museum uh, and, and trying to support and give back.
Um, you're listening to this, hopefully on iTunes, and ho- I'm going to hopefully get this shit up on Stitcher and a couple of those other uh, podcast listening apps. Uh, make it a little more accessible and easy for everybody to listen and and share. Um, but you can do just that. Go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. It's free. Uh, it's always going to be free. And so go subscribe. Keep uh, keep listening. And uh, again, that being said, here we go. We will. Uh, this is my grandfather, Herbert Fremer. Okay, well, it's uh, looking like it's recording on that same track, but we'll we'll try it out here. We'll see what uh, what's going on. How you doing, Grandpa? Good. Um, I have a problem with sleeping. Um, I've tried everything, but unfortunately. or at least have no connection in the shoulders. I don't have any joints there. Uh, whenever I move at night, well, I get a sharp pain in my shoulder if I move in just the right way, so it wakens me. And so um, my big problem is getting enough sleep because uh, I, keep, I, I keep waking myself up every time I move because right. of my shoulder. And there's, but there's, nothing can be done about it, so... It's just something I have to put up with. That's all. Well, so uh, I, I, I um, inquired about additional surgery. They took additional. Unfortunately, sometimes it's a nerve that it hits. Ouch. So it's just kind of a problem that I have to live with. That's all. Well, that's a good that's a good attitude to to have about it. You can't really do much other than that, right? We don't like them. There's if there's nothing can be done. podcast and uh, trying to propagate some positivity out there to the world. Uh, you know, I had a, I've been thinking about it, and I had a question for you. You flew uh, planes, F4U Corsairs, off of aircraft carriers in World War II, so you were, you were around the military for a number of years. D- do you recall uh, any of your buddies getting tattoos or seeing tattoos over where you were at at, at all in your military service? As a matter of fact, there wasn't anybody in our squadron that had any tattoos. Well, Joe, first of all, it was kind of frowned upon. They get them in San Francisco, they get them in New York, but it was something that was a sailor thing, but it was not. Changed. Uh, now, uh, in the, uh, even in the Marines, 
in fact, um, if you want to enlist in the Marines and you have uh, an arm that's got a lot of tattoo on, they won't let you, they won't enlist you. Tricked on it. I, I know when I started tattooing about 17 years ago, it was six blocks down from. down to the shop and it it would be flooded it was this was around the mid 90s and so do you remember seeing those guys the navy guys cuz you were on aircraft carriers do, do you remember seeing them talked about it um the, the guys that I was with never had any or got one. Um, and so there was no... Right. Did you ever have any connection with tattoos until I became a tattooer or, or did you ever... No, no. You want one? <laughs> I have wondered sometimes. It's an art form that I understand, and it's a, it's a, um, it's, a, it's an art form. Maybe it's just a little one. Maybe it's a good size one. The guys I play pool with every day, every of them, uh, well, maybe not all of them, but most of them have some kind of a tattoo someplace. Tattoos that they got a long time ago. Something like that. That's when they got them. Do you remember which one? But it was... It was Vietnam time that uh, that they did, but they did. They're not. They're not. Right. Uh, but uh, it's that tattooing is. We're getting all their business, but maybe it's because <laughs> I'm not inclined toward wanting one myself, maybe. Yeah, you know, I think like where my shop is in Vacaville, you know, I have a, a university about 10 minutes away. I have a junior college about 10 minutes away, an Air Force base about 10 minutes away. So you have... Things. That's that's where your market really is, I believe, in that age group. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is I have tattooed folks from, you know, as young as eighteen, and. Up to, I think the oldest person I tattooed was in their early 80s. And he was a gentleman that was, he had been married a lot of years, and his wife, Carolyn, was in the hospital and she had Alzheimer's. And one of the things that uh, he had had a eagle that he
So when she got Alzheimer's, the one thing that she always remembered, she, she would hold his hand. And And so he came in and, and we put an eagle and a, and a, and yeah, oh yeah, I'll have to do this for my, for my wife. So she, this is all she remembers. And, but you could tell inside he was a sweetheart of a guy. He was doing it because he loved her so much that he was getting this back on because it was the one thing that she remembered of him. And it was special to him to have that connection with her. So. Well, and isn't it wonderful that she had that much memory? Yes. Exactly. So it's neat the the connection that you can get with it, and and um, businesses over the course of your life. How did you? Well, the, the way I got into the different businesses I did, and I, and I took advantage of it. Now, for instance, when I got out of the service, I Then when I when I joined the service, I knew that that was in Minneapolis while I was waiting to be called. Uh, it paid three times as much as I was making at the hospital. Wow! And so. I was service representative at this Buick place, but it wasn't where my heart was. My heart was in aviation, and so when I heard about, uh, when I learned about a company called Van Dusen Aircraft Supplies, available through them. Well, I found out what they did was they—they're just a. They were like a warehouse that supplied a different airport operators. And fabrics and the different things that were needed for an airplane. And this was and what year? Grandpa, what, what year was this? representative for them and so yes I, I they they hired me as a sales representative a little Taylor craft airplane and it had no radio uh, Minnesota South Dakota uh, Iowa uh, Sometimes I get into a little bit of Colorado, um, South Dakota was, of course, yeah, and Iowa and Minnesota. Those are that was my territory. So, when- so, so once a month I drop in at every airport on the in in one of those one of those states. So I'd be gone all day long or a week at a time, just going from airport to airport. Upgraded and got Cessna. So uh, in 1947, I flew it to New York. I flew it to Kansas City, and the, and a vice president of the company. Uh, 
was going to go to, was going to New York. So I had him as a passenger. I stopped in Kansas City at the Cessna factory and picked up a new Cessna. And so I flew him then to Teterboro Airport in New York and then flew from New York back to Minneapolis. Wow. So it was just uh, when you got into New York, that was in 1947. Did you get did you get out of the plane or did you just drop him? No, no, I spent no time there at all. I just refueled. As a matter of fact, um, <laughs> it was kind of a long day because we left early from someplace in Indiana, I think, where we stayed overnight. And then I got into Teterboro, uh, refueled the airplane, dropped him off, and headed home. And I got back to Minneapolis at 2 o'clock in the morning. Wow. So was, it was a kind of a long day. Yeah, that sounds like it. So how long did you work for that company? Uh, two and a half years. And then the, 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 there was, there was an, uh, another guy that had, re, had uh, been in the Army. He was uh, in the Army Air Corps. He, uh, and he, he had been a salesman prior to being called into the service. And, but he traveled by car calling on airports. And so when he got back, And so um, there were just two of us that were covering those. Interesting. What was it like back then? And in, in 1947, what was the you, the war was just over? And, and what was the kind of the culture of America at that point? People, well, one of the things that was interesting was that. and price controls but in order to get them you had to kind of slip somebody a little extra money someplace along the line where you didn't get it in a lot of cases because well, you, yes you remember that uh, maybe you wouldn't you wouldn't remember but you would against England and Japan uh, all of the all of the automobile manufacturing switched over to manufacturing of some kind of a military equipment might start making it almost anything but uh, it was all military oriented almost all, all all business all manufacturing they didn't make washing machines they made something for the military instead so how long after how long after the the war was over did Control on vehicles and things like that. There was no nothing against vehicles. You could get them if you could get. So there was, of course, quite a demand, and so it was just hard to get a car. In fact, I couldn't. I wanted to buy a Chevrolet. And I couldn't. I finally ended up um, Willis. Wasn't even Willis. I was trying to think who it was. Kaiser. Kaiser, who had been in the ship business. 
and uh, Kaiser, no, Kaiser was a, a company that built ships, huh. and uh, and they they didn't need ships anymore, so they started building automobiles, and they they built two models, a Kaiser and a Fraser, and I wanted to buy I wanted to buy a Chevrolet, but you couldn't get. And so uh, it was a kind of an interesting car. Um, they didn't last very long. And and Kaiser uh, Kaiser also made Jeeps. And so they uh, I don't know how Chrysler got involved in the Jeep. $700. Holy mackerel. You could buy a uh, Packard. Uh, you could buy uh, high-end cars for twelve to $1,500 was an exorbitant price. Wow. Uh, I, at one point, I went and picked up a, car, uh, a four-door sedan Ford for a guy, um, and I think the price was $900. <laughs> So you might. So, so. Of course, I had no place to live, and so. service and I think uh, I think I had probably eight nine hundred dollars but anyway I bought a house for um, twenty three hundred dollars <laughs> Law had just just found a receipt for the down payment on her first house. The down payment she paid built a really nice house across the street from us, and the, the, we were astounded at the price. It cost five thousand dollars. <laughs> That's great. That's I see you buy. My my first car that I bought cost thirty five dollars. It was used. <laughs> what was that kind? Of, what was that car? <laughs> it was a nineteen thirty oh thirty two something like that Willis Knight, and it it was interesting in that the starter was on the horn button. You. <laughs> In your pocket, maybe so. So that car company was preempting the push start nowadays. Well, when I bought the Fraser, it was eleven hundred dollars that I paid for that, and it was a pretty nice looking car. Maroon. Maroon. It was pretty much the same color as the car I have now.
if I can find a picture. And if I can, well, I'll see that you get it. But it was... A it, sound, it sounds neat. For I did in, in 19... Let's see. I think in 1950... Or 51. 1950. I traded it in on a Dodge. Okay. And, uh, on the new Dodge. So... That's great. Now that you were still in Minneapolis at that at that time, and and uh, while you're in Minneapolis, this was after you worked for or you, this. This was while you were working for the sales company. Uh, Forty-seven. I left. I left uh, the. Uh, um, the air, aircraft business, uh, December, late December. Territory also left, and we became partners in a service station out on the Beltline and Excelsior Boulevard in Minneapolis. We wanted to get into the oil business, and so we bought the service station, and I, I borrowed $3,000 from my grandfather. To, to where we started, where we bought a, a closed. Nice. When I, uh, in my tattoo shop, I have two vintage couch, or a vintage couch and a vintage chair that appar- that allegedly the story is they came from a filling station uh, down in the south. They're in great condition, but one thing I recall, even growing up in Minnesota, uh, the filling station used to be like the coffee shop. The filling station was where everybody came and, and hung out, and they had couches, and you 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 BSed a little bit, and you filled up your tank, and and it seems to me that that has been replaced now uh, with with you know coffee shops in different places like that. But was that how it was at the well, filling there, station for you? Things, Joe, things have changed. Outhouses. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now that that was that there weren't. Somebody would would be at the at your car in a minute at the at the pump, and. There and uh, there would be under your hood in a minute, checking your oil, uh, and if you what looking at your tires to make sure. I think it might have been a little different in some of the smaller towns. But we were on a main highway, and there wasn't much hanging around. Uh, we had two. So one bay I usually had full with tune-up work that I was doing. We didn't do overhauls or anything like that, but I did do tune-ups. tune-ups. That's great. So you had that for two years, and then you moved up to uh, Virginia, North Northern Minnesota, and and got involved with Shell. With the Shell distributorship, and, and the distributorship meant that you would have a truck that you would take the product and deliver it to different to the service stations that would uh, get the product from you. And normally those service stations were were properties that were leased, and so you were...
three stations, one of them being the, where we had our office on the corner of, of Main Street in Virginia, and it was just a little tiny cubby hole of a place. The, the lot was probably only 25 feet, <laughs> if you can imagine. And so... Here in California, we got, we're got we at a four and a half bucks about for gas, maybe a little even more. What, what was price? Do you remember what the price of a gallon of gas was back then? Whew. You, could fill, you could fill up a lot with that nowadays. <laughs> 17 cents included the gas tax. Uh, maybe it was a little more than that. Maybe 25 cents. It was a 17 cents was was fuel oil, as I recall. Sales or the, the state tax and um, and the operator made about three cents a gallon on it. Wow. Different, different times back then. It's yeah. interesting. You know, tattooing has a lot of history and a lot. On everything has changed so much, oh, even in absolutely. the last. Absolutely, it's such a drastic change, and it's very difficult for somebody like myself, uh, who is ninety years old. And when I, 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 I recall many times. Store was really just a house that they took the front half of and made a store out of it and they lived in the back half half of it but it was a neighborhood store and the things that uh, that very often you find now in a at the at the gas station it was uh, like almost like a convenience store but they had can Um, although oh, they did have ice cream freezers, places that they And think of it this way, if you wanted to have a tattoo business then, <laughs> there was no, there was no, and used for display. I made a portion of the upstairs into living quarters. I remember staying there. <laughs> so, so we still had the store, but we had living quarters there, and and uh, as a result, it saved us a lot of money. Yeah. Now, what an amazing place that was uh, for you know those of you that are listening that maybe that will listen to this that are in Minnesota. You may remember. The unusual place, a big blue building uh, next to a lot that has the largest uh, hockey stick. Is yeah, is that still there? It's still there. The Hockey Hall of Fame is in. Yes, it is. Yeah. place or
out of it, so we would hire an auctioneer. And I didn't... Uh, got an auctioneer's license myself so that I could do the auctioning and so that after I sold the place um, I only auctions I did were for churches and charities and that sort of thing but but and he had given me this building as collateral and when, when it, during the period of time that I had it, he, his wife divorced him and he had to taxes. And so I had this building in Eveleth that was just sitting there empty. And I just... Right that people needed help getting rid of stuff and that we would open a consignment store and where people would bring us things that they wanted to sell and we'd, we would display it and take a commission off of what was sold. Right. And so that's how that started. That's great. I remember... folding chairs and set it all up so we could have in-store auctions and I sent Jerry and we each had a license and so that uh, it, it sell what we'd got and auction it off and so that's how we got into that Well, Joe, it, it was it was an interesting place, and the interesting part of it is that today, uh, in this apartment building where I'm living, there are people that bought some of the furniture, and it's that same furniture is in this building. That's amazing. That's amazing. Often, and saying that they wish the store was still there and that they had something. And interestingly enough, Jerry has been selling estates, of course, and he comes <laughs> That's great. Now, what, what company is he working for out there? Give well, him a little he, plug. His comp the company is associated with is called Vermillion. He has his own business. He has his own business on the side, which he calls um, Unusual Sales. And he has a website. If you go and you can look and see what he's got and what he's doing. Well, that's just the greatest plug I think I've heard. You, you had the website locked on right then, and you know you were ready to go, Grandpa. That's What there's people who are my age that don't even know how to get on Skype. You're on Skype. We're talking. Talk to you eight states away from each other. Well, it is wonderful. Yes, and I enjoy. Hey, well. Uh, this is something that I. Uh, this is this is a poster that one. They're, they're going to have a Christmas dinner here, and so for years, every time they have a Christmas dinner, they ask me to make up a, a poster for 
putting up on the bulletin boards and distributing. So th this was. Asked me to make up a menu uh, poster, so I made up a menu poster. That's great. I love the I love the uh, the colors. That's amazing. So now this is so anyway, for those of you who don't. For those of you who don't know, my grandfather makes his own cards, birthday cards. He's on uh, Photoshop and different things like that. And so every year we get great. Still tinker around with different things. You know what I need to do is, Grandpa, I need to send you a, a tattoo. machine is is the old uh it's it's an electromagnetic machine so it's like the old door around with stuff like that you you built you, you repaired clocks for a while and yes and i when i was when i was <laughs> 14, 15 years old, um, we built crystal set radios. And I had a, a crystal set radio that a guy two doors from me was my best friend. And so we had a crystal set radios and we, had, we were able to communicate between the two houses. That's that's awesome. So it was a kind of like a little walkie-talkie that you plugged into the wall or it ran on batteries or how? Uh, we ran it on batteries and we had wires between but <laughs> I had to, I tell you what I had to do. I had to I had to get the wires across our neighbor's yard. <laughs> Did you hide them? And, and that wasn't easy because she wasn't a very nice lady. <laughs> I don't know. And I don't remember exactly how we got it done, but we did. And we had, I, I remember my, my space was underneath the step. As you have going down the basement steps, well, I had that little space between their block. I sure do appreciate you coming on and talking with me for for the podcast. I hope to get you on again. Uh, you know, we had talked about maybe getting on once a week in the morning. So maybe I can, we'll figure out a time to talk and. and well, when and, I when I find you on, or, or call me on the iPhone. Yeah, I will. We'll we'll get in touch, yes. and it's two hours ahead there for you. So when I'm up at seven, it's nine o'clock, and as long as it's not interfering with your pool, you know, your pool time. Well, I tell you, by the time you get up, I'm probably just about finishing pool. There you go. So let's try to talk yeah, I again. Go down, I, go, I usually go down at eight thirty, and by ten thirty, we're all done. And sure. they never play on Saturday or Sunday, so... Wonderful. Well, we'll figure it out, Grandpa. Thank okay. you so much. I love you very much. It was nice. Joe, I'm glad that you made a holler, and I'll look forward to next time. Great. And I'm going to try to get, uh, s s scrape together a tattoo machine, and I'm going to send it out to you all in parts, and we'll see if you can put it together. <laughs> I will. I will. Love you, Grandpa. Talk to you later. Well, that was my uh, grandfather, uh, Herbert Fremer, and I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, audio was a little shaky in the beginning, but uh, hopefully you stuck it in there and, and had a good time listening. Um, so thank you again. 
I'm going to be out at Black Dagger Tattoo at uh, on Wednesday, tomorrow. Uh, this hopefully will be up here Tuesday night um, on iTunes and available. So um, if you're listening to this uh, uh, anytime, Wednesday through Saturday, come on and hit me up at the shop from about 1 o'clock to 8 p.m. And uh, then on Sunday, I'll be. on Twitter, on Instagram, and, uh, you know, on email, if you want, ogjoeswanson at gmail.com. And uh, thanks for listening again. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, I will uh, talk to you guys next time. we got big things coming up, a lot of good people um, that I have in the works to talk to. So um, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Stay on your hustle. We'll be positive. Uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks. This is like the hidden track and shit. I wonder how many people are still listening. If you're listening and you come in and get tattooed, I'll give you. Twenty seconds of silence and it got you a dollar a second. Come on in and see me. Set up an appointment. All right. Take care, bitches.